banging your own head about thought-provoking topics? Read along with a stress-free book club that fits into a busy lifestyle. From out of the pages to real life, explore the fine line between fiction and nonfiction as we pull from bestsellers that will change your life. Tune in to our bi-weekly book club of mind-bending and empowering stories hosted by Nova Lorraine, founder of Rain Magazine, and her two co-hosts, Toby Santagato and Barbara Donato. Hi, welcome to another episode of Tuesday's Book Club. This is Nova Lorraine, and I am here with my co-hosts, Toby Santagato and Barbara Donato. Hi, ladies. Hello. Hi. As you know, our books are smart fiction and thought-provocative nonfiction for individuals that are on a journey of growth. So if you want to be pushed, if you want to be inspired, if you want to step outside the box as it relates to personal growth, then our book club is for you. And we feature books that are not only transformational, but sometimes controversial. So today's book is The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo by Taylor Jenkins Reid. And our next book is, so get out your smart pad, iPhone, whichever phone you're using, and or your notebook, and take down for our next book, it's Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. So what we do, for those of you who are joining us for the first time, we usually share the summary from the publisher to give you a sense of what we're talking about before we jump into the book review. So here's what the publisher has to say about The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. From the New York Times bestselling author of Daisy Jones and The Six, an entrancing and wildly addictive journey of a reclusive Hollywood starlet, Pop Sugar, as she reflects on her relentless rise to the top and risks she took, the loves she lost, and the long-held secrets the public can never imagine. Aging and reclusive Hollywood movie icon Evelyn Hugo is finally ready to tell the truth about her glamorous and scandalous life. But when she chooses unknown magazine reporter Monique Grant for the job, no one is more astounded than Monique herself. Why her? Why now? Monique is not exactly on top of the world. Her husband has left her and her professional life is going nowhere. Regardless of why Evelyn has selected her to write her biography, Monique is determined to use this opportunity to jumpstart her career. Summoned to Evelyn's luxurious apartment, Monique listens in fascination as the actress tells her story. From making her way to Los Angeles in the 1950s to her decision to leave showbiz in the 80s, and of course, the seven husbands along the way. Evelyn unspools a tale of ruthless ambition, unexpected friendship, and a great forbidden love. Monique begins to feel a very real connection to the legendary star, but as Evelyn's story nears its conclusion, it becomes clear that her life intersects with Monique's own in tragic and irreversible ways. Heartbreaking, yet beautiful. But according to Jamie Blinn of U.S. Weekly, The Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo is Tinseltown's drama at its finest. A mesmerizing journey through the splendor of old Hollywood and the harsh realities of the present day as two women struggle with what it means and what it costs to face the truth. So that was from the publisher. And I would like to hear from you ladies. What did you think about The Seven Husbands? I enjoyed it. We don't usually read books like this. So part of me was like, is this really making sense with what 
our vision is for our podcast, inspiring women. But I think that at the end of the day, I found that there was inspiring moments. First of all, the advice throughout the book that Monique gets, it was it was inspiring on like how to ask for what you want. And I think that we are constantly inspiring women and men if they're listening that when you're in this life, it's you've got one life to live, you should ask for what you want. So that does play in the book. It wasn't like the purpose of the book, but since we're always looking for a path for our listeners and ourselves to ask what we want, it was there. But also I really liked just listening to a book that was a little bit different than what we normally listen to. So I enjoyed it. What about you, Barbara? I enjoyed the book too. Not necessarily for the same reasons. When you, is it like most of the books that we've read? Absolutely not. I was thinking about maybe at the end of the book when Evelyn kind of does self-reflection that caused her to speak with Monique. And I was thinking maybe that might have been that change, that transformation. But then I was thinking, was she doing this out of selfishness or was she truly apologetic about the things that she's done in her past? I don't think she really was. I think that she might have been just regarding the situation that happened with Monique apologetic, but she lived her life the way she wanted to live it. Damn the consequences or else she wouldn't have. To me, I remember reading a summary of this book and they said that a lot of her actions was based on selflessness and wanting to help the other person. But I don't think that's necessarily true. I think it was based on on her selfish ways and her and what she wanted out of life. Like I said, damn be to the other people around her. Yeah, but you know what I think that I agree with that, but like often people will say, I did that for you, but nobody does anything that they don't want to do. That is true. Really, even so like I don't know, was it selfish? She was, but also there were circumstances they had, there was her childhood. I don't think it was just so clear cut. I think everything is more complicated than it plays. What about you, Nova? Did you like the book? No, (laughs) (laughs) I didn't. Okay. There were elements of the book that I liked, but if I'm going to say overall, Mm -hmm. no, I love the empowerment piece as it related to ask for what you want. I love the sort of bluntness and wittiness of Evelyn's character. I did not enjoy the writing style. I thought it was the first few chapters were really hard to get through. I did not like Monique's characterization. I thought her character wasn't developed enough. I thought it was very shallow. I didn't like how I almost felt that, okay, is Monique being biracial true and authentic to the story? Or is it a token? Right. I see that. And I feel that if we're talking about themes or inspiration, is Evelyn someone that I would be inspiring to be more like or not in general? No, I think that she very much used people and she was okay with using people. She's like, look, if you're going to use them, let them know and like be proud about it and be okay with it. And there are plenty of people in the world that use others and try to act like it's really this selfless act. So good for her that she was so forthright with her desire to use people. That was on her and and having no regrets. That was on her. And I don't think that anyone should live a life of regret when you do things that you're like questionable, like, uh, but I do think those are opportunities when you do things 
or have actions that may impact someone in a negative way, at least reflect on it and see, is there a point where you can grow from, from this? And so there are too many things in the book that I didn't like to outweigh the overall decision. And the first thing that really stood out to me was the writing style. Right. And I just felt that having read so many books for this podcast, where the author's ability to write was so profound, I just felt that this was at a lower level. I do love the point that you made, Toby, regarding life isn't black and white. It's really gray. And I do think, I know we're going to get into a bunch of different themes, but I do think a big takeaway is judgment. It's not our place to really judge anyone for anything. That's not our place. And so I do think that was sort of a takeaway to sort of like, yeah, here's a character, Evelyn, who you could judge for this, 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 or that. Is it your place to judge her? So yeah, I can go into so many other things, but... I will say, just to to respond to you, Nova, when I first started this book, I started it out on audio. And after much confusion, I said, let me read this book. (laughs) So I, I bought the book because you are... I agree with you in, with the writing style. I didn't enjoy it at all. It wasn't a good audiobook for me. So, But once I actually read the book, it was easier for me to follow. Again, there were certain things that the writer did. She did things in second person. She did things in first person. Sometimes it was Monique's viewpoint. Sometimes it was Evelyn's viewpoint. The transition wasn't really as smooth as it could have been. But I do want to say one thing. Evelyn at a very, very, very young age, she came upon her own realization, not the realization, that in order for her to get what she wanted, she had to do certain things and she had to have certain actions. At such a young age, from the book, from what I read in the book, no one really stopped her. She she got married at 15. Her parents were not in the book, really, influential in the book. The adult that should have helped her married her. The uh, the next adult that should have helped her, well, actually that did help her, wanted something out of it. And it's like, no one ever said, hey, what the way that you're thinking or how you're going about things is toxic. It's not good for you. No one did that for her. Everybody, to be honest, like at her young age, everyone was out for self and no one actually stopped her from making those type of decisions. So. I think she carried through the rest of her life that those decisions that influenced her as a child just continued to carry throughout her life until her death. Yeah. I mean, and there's lessons learned. Like I'm trying to go back to like, when you listen to us talk, like what are the lessons learned? And some of the lessons are just like making decisions as you go along to slow down a little bit and think about like broadly how that's going to impact you. And hers were just, they were, she was in survival mode. I totally get that being, making decisions that means you're going to survive. She was trying to survive. She, her dad was abusive. It doesn't say he was fully sexually abusive, but there was like, like it was inappropriate the way he tried, like she was running away. I know what that's like growing up and not necessarily like, I'm so close and I love my family, but like would never go back. My brother was tough. and you make decisions when you're in an abusive situation that we can't maybe relate to if we weren't in an abusive situation. If she's 
a real person in the world. Like I don't envy her position. She was being abused. That is true. And well, I think there's, I just want to jump in. I think there's two things we're talking about. I think that Evelyn as a character, if we are choosing to judge her actions or not, that's one thing. I think that going back to the point of non-judgment, I think this is a great example of how things aren't black and white. To Barbara's point, she didn't have a, a supportive, positive environment as a young girl to make decisions that she didn't necessarily have to make. So then, But then at the same time, those decisions led her to fame and wealth and the lifestyle she had that which she seemed to have loved. So I think, again, it does show how complicated life is. But if we're looking at a literary piece and we're looking at transformational work, so did the writing style transform me? No. Was this a literary piece that was transformational to me? No. Could it be arguably controversial? Mm, maybe five years ago. I don't think so much now. Right, 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 right. I read the biography of Marilyn Monroe, The at least her written words that were transcribed and published. And if you read the story of Rita Hayward and you read the story of Tallulah Bankhead, to me, this was a combination of three Hollywood women mm-hmm. and taking snippets of Marilyn's childhood with Rita Hayward's having to change her ethnic identity to fit into Hollywood to Tallulah Bankhead's multiple husbands and her bisexuality and her freeness and her smoking and all of that and mixing it into one character. So I didn't see, and maybe because I'm familiar with those characters and maybe because I just thought it was a, oh, here's some women who I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this, I'm going to take this, and I'm going to turn into this fictional character. But that could always be that way. Like there's always, what were you talking about the other day? Oh, my daughter was talking about something when her boyfriend was reading some poetry and they were reading other stuff and they're like, and it was like 50 years old, Nova. And they're like, good to know nothing really has ever changed. Like, (laughs) right. So, I mean, we could literally take every book and it's not necessarily, it's just how it was packaged. You didn't like it because things are really generally not so new. They're just interpretations of, I think the thing is like, for me, I just took it at say, I didn't read those other books. So for me, I took it at face value. I think it was just like easy listening. I listened to it. And I just, I think I kind of felt bad for her. I think she had a tragic life. It definitely has the lesson that money can't make you happy. She had plenty of money, plenty of money, but money is important. I'm not going to say it's not. We need it to live and survive and do fun things. But if you think about it, she had a lot of money and money never really made her happy. Yeah. And I think at the end, it alluded that she took her life, correct? Yeah. Yeah. So again, pretty much it was initially when I was reading it, I was like, oh, this could be interesting from the perspective of the empowerment piece. Right. As it related to being introduced to Monique and this contrast of this very successful woman before really knowing what her life was, right? When they met in the restaurant and how Evelyn was sort of coaching her on how to negotiate, how to do the book. Right. I thought that part was really interesting from a, as a female entrepreneur, being in the, not only the magazine industry, but being a writer as well, that I took interest to in terms of, oh, okay, here's this female character who's very confident and empowered and maybe kind of guiding this girl for her own gain. It was clear that she wanted this written 
And she was sort of dangling the carrot and saying, so do you want the carrot or not? Like, no one's going to care about you more than you. So do you want it or not? And so that part was really interesting. As I went through the book, Monique's character, again, was not the strongest. I thought the writer did a great job in developing Evelyn as a character. I thought almost like the title was a little misleading for me because I felt that it went into her first three relationships in depth and then sort of just skimmed over everyone else or maybe the first three or four. And so I was like, well, was this really about her seven husbands? Or And so, and then how it ended and part of the ending going back to, okay, is this a token character? How are we going to depict characters of color in a story and being a woman of color, it really hit home that the only character of color that was mentioned was disregarded. And not only this person was disregarded in terms of their the value of their life, but they were also shown to have have an affair on the their affair directly without doing too many spoilers, <laughs> directly impacted too late just kidding well no no directly impacted one of the main characters in the story Uh, okay yeah i feel like it's interesting how everybody can read something differently because i'm i'm a white chick so i didn't catch any of that but now that i think about it yeah that's definitely there why even mention that monique is biracial it's never important in the story other than that her dad was bisexual and was in a relationship, but it didn't mean anything whether her dad was black or white to the story either. So it never really made any sense that they, you're right, it was like a token, let's bring this up. You know what it reminds me of with owning Mignolo Dance Company? It's unfortunate we had like a grant and they said we had to have a diverse cast, but it was like, why? It didn't say why. Was it important to the piece? Like, did you want the piece also to reflect the diversity or did you just want it to reflect it visually? You know what I mean? Like, so I think like, you're right. It didn't, I never even picked up on, I mean, I knew that she was, what was she half black, half white or was she? She was, yeah, no, she was half black, half white. I mentioned she got her freckles from her mom and pretty much her dad passed when she was young. But she, they didn't even talk about like how that the impacted her in her career or her life. Or, mm-hmm. So it was like, not you're right. And I guess if I was someone else, I would be like, hmm, this is kind of like unnecessary and a little bit annoying, right? Maybe that's at that point when you decided, well, why did you bring that up? Yeah, I just felt that it was, again, I'm, so as a storyteller, I love great stories. And I think if we're looking at, if we're just going to take Evelyn's life, Was it a very dynamic, dramatic story? Absolutely. If you're just going to take start to where she ends her life and just take that as a capsule out of the book. Evelyn as a character, very complex, lots of drama. And a lot of readers like drama, so there's nothing wrong with that. But when you're putting, if we're talking about the book as a whole, and again, I'm not necessarily referencing the character of Evelyn Hugo, which I thought was the most powerful component of this book. But when you're telling a strong story and if you have, if you're able to do that much with Evelyn that you kind of, you could have done better with Monique and you could have. Right. So again, it's like, mm, if the whole book was like a little, like super, super shallow and, and whatever, that's one thing. But when you have such a contrast between the character development 
and sort of these sort of like, yeah, let's just do this. Yeah, let's just do that. So then it, it to me, kind of stands out as, well, what was the point to your comment that you just made? And again, if I'm looking at the one time this particular type of individual was brought up, it was brought up in a negative light all the way around. He was cheating on his wife. He was, yeah. he had gotten killed and gotten blamed for the accident. I mean, there was nothing positive. Yeah. Just to add to that, it was, so when you first read the book, you find out, that's why I was a little confused when you talked about it in the beginning, that Frankie is black and how she's happy, you know, because, and how Monique is happy about that because the representation is everything, right? When they initially stated that Evelyn wanted a junior writer to be, to interview her. I thought that there was going to be something that Evelyn did that impacted Monique's life, like really impacted her life. And to find out what she did, didn't impact her life. They don't talk about it. Monique talks about a little bit about her past. She talks about her father. She talks about how her name is Elizabeth, I think it was. And, but she changed her name to, was that it? Like, was that the most impactful thing you did? You decided to change your name to Monique. You decided to be a writer because your father said that you, your father was living his life. So you decided to live your life as well. Like, I don't know. I just kind of felt like you said, guys, it really wasn't developed. Like I would have wanted to see something that Evelyn did that really changed trajectory of Monique's life outside of what was the consequence of what she did. Like, we don't know what the consequence was. Yeah, she gave her the rights to the book because of her guilt of what happened with her father. But that changed her life, obviously. Yeah, but what happened at that moment when she decided she was going to do what she did? You got to want to talk, no spoilers, but what happened at that moment that negatively impacted Monique's life? Like, we don't know. We don't know, outside of the fact that she lost her dad, but that would have happened regardless of what Evelyn did. I wish there was more development there. Like Monique now cannot stand Evelyn. She's upset with her. She feels some type of animosity. Why do you feel that animosity? Like what happened in your life to cause that animosity? Yeah, I mean, I thought it was unfounded. I thought that Monique shouldn't have been so upset with Evelyn because realistically, Evelyn wasn't to blame for Monique's dad dying. It had nothing to do with Evelyn didn't kill him. He died. You know what I mean? The And the circumstances around her switching the bodies, I guess the guilt is that then Monique always thought the cause of death was her father's fault for drinking and driving. So that was the negative connotation that she couldn't live her life the rest of her life knowing her dad was dead with pride because there was this like thing that happened that made him a bad person because he was drinking and driving. And obviously we know that, that it wasn't true. It was Harry, but the reality is, I think that, I mean, if we're talking about the book, I mean, I just don't want to get stuck in the weeds of the book. Cause at this point we've, I enjoyed it for on its face, but I think mainly like, as we go through like her seven husbands, like what are the lessons? That's what I would like to focus on. What are like the lessons that we've learned like for ourselves, even now, like I've been married forever. It feels like. But I don't think that just because you're married forever, you can't keep evolving and getting better and better. And there's lessons in each of her spouses. For example, well, her first husband, she married to get out of her situation. I think, what was she, 15 or 16? And that was... 15. Yeah. And so obviously, I'm not going to judge that. If I'm in an abusive situation and I want to get out, like, okay. 
And then she got out of being with her father. And then her mom was a wannabe actress that was super talented that kind of died before her time. And so she wanted to be successful to make up for her mom not having an opportunity to be successful, the success she deserved, which I thought was interesting because as a parent, I think that, and really overkill as a mom, everything that I overly did for my kids was because I didn't feel like I had any attention on me. So I overly gave them attention. We go the other way. So I think her mission, her real mission that maybe gets lost is making her mom proud that's not here anymore and, and doing something that her mom never got a chance to do, which it's very dramatic not having your mom. I've raised someone that didn't have her mom. And we talk about it sometimes, like her mom was tough. She doesn't sit in a world where she thinks that it would have been perfect. But the reality is her mom was her mom and she would be different if she had her mom. So, and I try to do the best I could to be that surrogate. But so for Evelyn, she lost her mom and wanted to get away from her dad and also like be something that she wished her mom, who she believed could have been something, didn't have the time to, or it didn't work out. So she marries this guy. And then the second guy, she actually falls in love, is super abusive. So like, if there's a lesson there, it's that you don't stay in those situations, right? Long-term people do. And sometimes they're not physical like he was. But I do think that like from character development, she had much more of a richer character. But this story was co... Well, there was two characters in there. Monique is a big character. And yes, you're right. From a writing standpoint, which I don't evaluate, it's not there. But I would love to talk about like what lessons we got out of each of her lessons or her journey. Yeah. So I would say I thought each relationship represented why some people get married. And sometimes you do it to escape. Sometimes you do it for opportunity. Sometimes you do it for friendship. Sometimes it's passion, like with the director. Right. Sometimes it's true love, even if you may, your definition of true love may be different from someone else's. And that's what I saw. It was like, okay, depending on if you're in a relationship, a marriage, you could look at each of her relationships, including with Celia and say, which of these relationships do is relatable to the relationship that I'm in right now. So I thought there was enough variety where you as the reader could assess and or relate within that, that, that short instance. And I think that may have been my issue with how quickly she kind of went through the other relationships because there was so much time spent on relationship one and two, and you were able to sort of take that journey with her and it was sort of glossed over for the rest. And maybe that wasn't the point, but I do think there was enough mentioned with each relationship for you to be like, oh yeah, that's interesting. Yeah. It sort of redefines marriage and through her eyes, because for some people, marriage is a sacred union. It's to be done once and hopefully last forever. Through Evelyn's eyes, it was a tool to get her to the next phase in her life. And if she had to marry 10 times, she probably would have married 10 times. And so I thought it was a way that the writer was able to sort of challenge and question the perception of marriage in our culture. Well, and you know, it's just totally, and I'm so excited that I can say this to two ladies that are gym ladies. It reminds me of early on when my girls were doing gymnastics, I heard the term gym jumper and it's a very negative term, 
for those of you that don't know, all three of us have had uh, gymnasts. Nova and I both had daughters go to Rutgers and were competitive collegiate gymnasts. I have two daughters that did it and, and Nova had a daughter that did it. So we've been all the way through on that journey. And there's a thing that's called gym jumpers. And what it stands for is like the idea that you just go from gym to gym with your kids to do gymnastics. And I remember, so it's so funny that you can be on one side and judging, which note to self, don't judge, <laughs> which I try not to, but been there. And, and I've been where I've been, oh, that's a gym jumper. And then on the outside looking in, it looked like we were gym jumpers. And without going into all the nuances, every single time there was very, very valid reasons we left, very valid reasons and why we went to other places and why we went to here. So like, if I'm advocating for Evelyn, I'm saying that on the outside, you know, when, you know how they have in the book where the, it has the reporter with the special voice boarding today, oh, yeah. Evelyn, right? I thought that was really clever the way they did that. And I think like, that is the external voice of people and how people judge other people's lives. What is that song? You don't wear my chains. Like the reality is when you see a gym jumper, you don't know what's going on with that family and those children. And when you see people in situations, you don't really know. And for Evelyn, this story now tells you circumstantially what was happening, which clearly no one really knew. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And, there's well, I will say that there's one thing I liked about the book was how, like, and that's why I'm happy that I read the actual book where you they would put like different clips of news of like news clippings of like what the gossip columns were saying about Evelyn, and it really reflected on the time she was popular in like the 40s, 50s, that's you know 60s in that time frame. You really couldn't get a divorce. She was owned by the studios. The studios, they did they dictated everything. She couldn't have a child at that point in her career. You, there was no way she could have been outed as gay during that time. She was Cuban, but she had to lighten her hair because she was seen as ethnic. So she wasn't going to get better roles if she didn't try to lighten her complexion or lighten her, make herself more white looking. The reason why she did what she did with Harry was because that would have ruined his own legacy. And if her daughter found out, you know, her daughter was already going through it. Imagine what would have happened if her daughter really knew how her, her father passed away. You think about, like you stated, um, Toby, you think about all of these situations. She couldn't divorce Don, so she had to deal with all these beatings. The reality would have been, and I will say this, I think the reason why Don and Celia were so prevalent in the book is because they were the two loves of her life. She really was infatuated with Don for such a long time. And what does she say? Celia was the love of her life. She was a bisexual woman. So these two individuals impacted, like they were everything to her. So I think the reason why the Ernie's and the Max's, they, and even Robert and Rex, these guys were not so big of a deal because they were just kind of like added to the main storyline of Don and Celia's life, you know what I'm saying? And Evelyn's life. Like they were inconsequential. I agree. To what they didn't matter to her because her true love was there and, and Don was there. And I, I also think about at 13, what did she say? She said, like she was very hypersexualized and realized that her she needed, she was going to use her sexuality to get what she needed out of life. And she did that throughout her life. She was even hypersexualized in her movies. 
Yeah, she was used. She was used. So she decided, you know what? You're going to use me. I'm going to use you. And I think that that's what really, like I said, I definitely believe that she was selfish, but I don't think she knew to be anything else. Right. I honestly think her love was selfish. Cecilia, or however you pronounce her name, I think she was like, she chose and she admitted it to be difficult. Like, and note to self, like, I can be difficult sometimes. Like, don't do it because it's not fair. We were talking before we got on the podcast about love and how when you love somebody, it when you're in love, in phase one, my husband calls it, in that very beginning, or hopefully you can go in and out of it. It's really a reflection of loving yourself because when you meet someone and they're in love with you, they're seeing your best self and then you see your best self and it reflects back. Then after a while, we're with someone and we're like, wait, why aren't you exactly like me? Why do you do it that way? Why don't you do it this way? Well, when you met them, you thought what they were doing was really cool and it was neat the way they do it. And then all of a sudden you want them to be identical to you. And I feel like Cecilia was selfish and she got like the better rap than Evelyn. I really thought it was unfair that they kept making Evelyn the bad guy when she was, I didn't like that. I agree. I wasn't a Celia fan. I'm just going to. Yeah. I was not a fan. I thought she was bratty and yeah. selfish and wanted things her way. She came from this very wealthy family and she had more options. Let's put it like this. And if she decided to leave Hollywood, she would have been fine. There was a, the character, the father of Evelyn's child, Harry, as a character, I just thought that his integrity as it related to how he respected Evelyn. And was, I think, the only man, in my opinion, in the book. I mean, the brother to Celia, there wasn't a lot of time spent on him. But yeah, yeah. I think as it relates to when you meet someone that sees you for all of who you are and still loves you and doesn't expect anything from you is a very, very special thing. And we should surround ourselves with that. That's the note to everyone. Let's surround ourselves with people that know us and we thrive in their presence. Yeah. And I think, I don't know, maybe in another dimension, I could see Harry and Evelyn, if they met at a certain place in their life, they could have been with each other and been happily ever after. I mean, we saw a snippet of that reality. And so I think, again, we're going to do a takeaway before we wrap up. Another takeaway beyond judgment, don't be so quick to judge because you don't know where that person has been experiences they've had, but then also that life is complicated and you're going to have a lot of gray areas. And I feel even their relationship was very complicated and it was very gray. If we're looking at putting titles or expectations on something, but I do want to say that again, as a mother, which is a different role than a reader or a writer or a storyteller, is this something If I had to, if I say, okay, am I going to take away and recommend elements of the book versus recommend the book? I would recommend elements of the book. Like I said, I love this. I love the, the conversation around know your value, know your worth. And if you don't ask for it, no one's going to just hand it to you. If you don't believe that's what you deserve within yourself, you're going to attract what you feel you're worth. And I think that that's a super important takeaway is to really, really spend time with one, falling in love with yourself and two, recognizing how important you are. And it has nothing to do with your title, your role, how much money you're making. 
but just that because you simply are, because you're simply here in this world, you have value and you have worth and others, you have to start with yourself and recognizing that so others can see that within you. That's my closing point. And I'd love to hear your takeaways as well before we wrap up. Choose you. This young lady, and without judgment, decided that this is what she wanted to do in her life. And she chose to live the way she wanted to live. And I I honestly, once I finished the book, I don't think she necessarily regretted her life as she regretted moments of her life. I don't know if you guys can get so I agree with that. Choose what makes you happy. Choose to achieve the goals that you set for yourself. That's what I got from this book. And for me, I think that what I got from this book and is forgiveness of yourself and knowing that when you're having experiences, whether it's at a job or a marriage or relationships, they're not really mistakes. They're just a journey that gets you to the next point. So I think she would say that none of those marriages were mistakes. She learned from them. They were part of her experience. And then it was the next thing that occurred. So for me personally, like if I'm in a job, I don't want to look back at, oh, that was a mistake. I look back and go, what did I learn from that? Well, I'm a better at this. And I'm, I learned that what I don't like, what I do like, what I've grown from. So for the listeners, like when you're living your life, instead of looking back at certain things and regretting them, which obviously if you listen to the power of now is a waste of time, which is one of our books. You cannot go backwards. It's more like a journey and acceptance. And this is, I am where I am because of those things. Mm, Yeah, I love both of those points as well. So yeah, guys, that's Seven Husbands of Evelyn Hugo. And I really enjoyed discussing this book with both of you, even though it wasn't one of my favorites. (laughs) I did take things away that were positive. And I would say though, when I'm reading, I'm looking for that critically acclaimed writing. So definitely sort of tainted my views, but I appreciate every book that is presented to me that I normally wouldn't pick up. And because I do think it allows us to grow and expand. And it's good to know what you like and what you don't like and what pushes you and what doesn't. And so I definitely took things away and I appreciate that. And if you joined in after the beginning of the show, I did mention our next book is Think and Grow Rich by Napoleon Hill. You do not want to miss that episode. So if you haven't yet, subscribe, download Tuesday's Book Club so you can stay up to date with new releases of both transformational and often controversial books that we bring to you by mainly, I think all of our books have been bestsellers. So we try to find gems to help you on your personal journey. So you don't want to miss any episodes. Again, this is Nova Lorraine, one of your hosts and Toby Santagato and Barbara Donato. And this is Tuesday's Book Club brought to you exclusively by the Pink Kangaroo Podcast Network. And until next time, ciao. Bye. Ciao, ciao.